Good morning. Uh, my name is Andy Nelms, and I have the privilege of being uh, an associate pastor here at Lover's Lane and the pastor here at Thrive. And, and I just want to welcome you to worship this morning. Uh, whether it's your first time or your first time in a long time, we are so glad that you are here. Again, whether you're in person or online, and and um, and today is a special day. Uh, today is what the traditional church celebrates as Pentecost. Uh, Pentecost is the day that we celebrate the Holy Spirit um, coming to the early church. We'll talk about what that means here in, in just a moment. But as I've been thinking about this word this morning, as I've been thinking about, you know, when the Holy Spirit came, um, one of the things that it gave the early church um, was discomfort was discomfort. I think that's a good thing, and, and here's why. Um, I believe that comfort can be an incredible demotivator. Have you ever experienced that? Comfort can be an incredible demotivator. And, and I have an illustration um, that, that I think, you know, kind of describes this pretty accurately. Have you ever been, like, on the couch in the evening um, you know, for Melissa and I, we have three kids and, and you know, everybody is asleep um, after 9.30 and, and, and then we get to like watch whatever we want on TV and, and, and there's this moment where we're both just like lounged out on the couch and, and one of us says, I'm hungry. And then we both kind of like look longingly towards the kitchen and we realize the distance we have to walk, that we actually have to get up to go get the, the snack that we wanted and we think... Yeah, I'm not that hungry, right? You've, you've lived through this before, I, am, I, I hope, right? And, and I think that illustrates so wonderfully how comfort can be an incredible demotivator. If we are comfortable, or even if we perceive ourselves as comfortable, it can, it can demotivate us. It can, it can actually cause us to not do the things that are actually good for us, that are, actually give life to us. We've experienced this, you know, when, when we've been in a job and maybe we've been in it for a long time. You know, we've been at this company or, or doing this kind of work for, for a really long time. And, and we wouldn't really describe ourselves as happy in this job, but we know what to expect. Even if it's bad, we, we know what to expect. And you say, you know what, like I, I, this, I'm not valued here and, and I don't really get to use the skills that I want to here. But, but you know, I, I know what to expect. I, I know what to, to expect when I walk into the office in the morning. And, and we realize how comfort can be an incredible demotivator. You know, maybe, maybe we've been in this house and, you know, and, and we bought this house when we thought we would have X income, but we actually, you know, kind of have, uh, kind of have Y income and it's really not matching what we need to afford this house. And, and, and we've been, you know, kind of upside down for a while now, but, but the thought of moving, you know, that, that thought is kind of like looking towards the kitchen, you know, the thought of moving again is just so painful that, you know, we, we kind of know what to expect and we realize how comfort can be a, a demotivator. Maybe we've been in a relationship maybe with a boyfriend or a girlfriend, maybe even with a spouse, and, and, and it's not been healthy for a long time. But the thought of trying to change, whether trying to like work on our relationship, to go to counseling or, or, or to even have a conversation about the problem we're having, or to maybe it's time to separate and do something different. The thought of doing any of that is so painful. You know, the, the thought of doing any of that is saying, oh man, I'm gonna have to sacrifice so much comfort in order to achieve that, that you know what, I can, I'm fine right here. 
comfort can be an incredible demotivator. But I believe that it's possible that regardless of what you believe, even if you don't believe in Jesus, regardless of what you believe, I think that, that your calling may not be to remain comfortable. That you may not call, be called to be comfortable, that, that you may be called to something greater than comfortable. And that's what we learn about this morning. Again, we, we are celebrating Pentecost. And, and what that is, is there was this moment that happens and that we read about in the Bible. It, it, it's in the book of Acts. So there's Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. All those tell kind of the, they're, they're called the gospels. They tell the good news about Jesus. And then immediately after that is this book called Acts or, or Acts of the Apostles. And it simply says that, what the apostles did after Jesus ascended into heaven. So uh, Jesus ha has come into the world. He, he has taught, he has healed, he has done his ministry. And then he was crucified. He, he was crucified for his ministry. And, and, and what we learn is that, that three days later, this, this tomb was empty. It's the moment of Easter that we celebrate. And we celebrate Easter and Jesus was risen and he spent time with his disciples and he continued to kind of teach them. And then, and then he left. Jesus ascended into heaven. Jesus ascended into heaven and, and then he left the apostles, uh, the disciples to go and do the ministry that Jesus had taught them to do. But the thing is that the disciples didn't feel ready. You know, they, they kind of felt ill-equipped. They're like, you know, we're, we're not quite sure what to do and they are being hunted. These people, the followers of Jesus, I mean, their, their savior, their leader was crucified. So this was not a good time to be a follower of Jesus, right? Like if, if your leader is killed for the thing he was leading, then it's probably, you know, like a, like a not good thing that you were following that leader. And so, so these disciples got scared. And so what they did is that they, they, they gathered together. It was in Jerusalem. They gathered during this season of Passover, this, this celebration of Passover, the time that they celebrate, uh, the Hebrews celebrated the, the, the liberation from slavery in Egypt. It was, it was like the biggest, highest holy day that they could have next to the, the Day of Atonement. It was like the, one of the biggest celebrations. And in Jerusalem, like this was the place to be. This is where it was happening. And so the disciples did that and they gathered in this upper room uh, almost in secret and we read about it in the book of Acts again Acts of the Apostles chapter 2 if you have your Bible with you if you engage with your Bible in some way on your phone uh, if you're at home however you engage with the Bible this morning I encourage you to do that we read about it uh, the moment of Pentecost again in Acts chapter 2 um, we're going to read through verse 1 through 4 it says this that when the day of Pentecost had come they the disciples the apostles were all together in one place and as we heard from Miss Jennifer this morning, it said, and suddenly from heaven, there came the sound like the rush of a violent wind and it filled the entire house where they were sitting. Divided tongues as a fire appeared among them and a tongue rested on each of them. All of them were filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak in other languages as the Spirit gave them the ability. Here's what happened. Those disciples gathered together in this upper room and, and they waited and, and the Holy Spirit in that moment came to this early church and it, and it sounded like this rush of a violent wind and, and it looked like these, like these flames that rested over each of their heads and they began to speak in other languages as the Spirit gave them the ability. What does that mean? That they literally spoke different languages. 
How do we know that? Because the, the, the writer continues to tell us that there were people from all over the known world at this time in Jerusalem. Why? Because it was Passover. This was, this was like the Super Bowl for the Hebrews, right? Like this was the big deal. So all these people gathered together. None of them spoke the same language and they came together. And while they were there, they started to hear the gospel being preached in their language. This thing started to happen. These disciples who were in hiding now have the Holy Spirit and start to actually proclaim out loud the thing that they believe in other languages so that everyone who is there can hear it and can believe. And read that this was a huge success. Other people start to hear the language and, they, and they're amazed at what's happening. They, they are shocked and astonished and, and, and they are cut to the heart. They say, you know what, this is, this is it. This is what we're called to be a part of. They say, what do we do? And Peter is there, the rock of the church, Petros. He, 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 he's the one that Jesus says, you know, what? I'm gonna build my church on you. And, and they ask Peter, they say, what do we do? Peter says, repent. St stop doing the wrong thing. Start doing the right thing and be baptized. Be born again in Jesus Christ. This is the time to do it. And so they do, and Scripture tells us that on that day, 3,000 people, 3,000 people were added to their number on that day. The disciples, listen to this, the disciples, these, these followers of Jesus were gathered together in this upper room. They were in hiding, and the Holy Spirit says, now is the time to start talking about what you believe, not only in your language, but in every language, so that everyone can hear. And I think about that event I think about these disciples gathered together. Ms. Jen said, you know, the shutters were, were closed. The doors were closed. They were there and the Holy Spirit came. And I wonder if it like started with one person. You know what I mean? Like, I wonder if it started with one person and that person just started speaking in other languages and somebody might've known what they were doing. They're like, dude, what are you doing? Like, like we're in hiding. Like, like you're doing the one thing we're not supposed to do while we're in hiding, right? Like we, you had one job, you know? And, 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 and these guys are speaking and then they're like, okay, this is, this is a little like, it might have made some people uncomfortable why this started happening and saying, are you, are you sure that they're doing the right thing? And then somebody else started doing it, right? Started speaking in another language. And they said that everybody was there. And so they started speaking in all these languages people were around. And then I imagine that like, like saying these things out loud that they believe started to make people uncomfortable. And not only that, but then everybody starts to gather around. Like everybody starts, like we see that this crowd has gathered. The, the people are, are surrounding them. They were in hiding, and, and now they're doing the exact opposite of the thing that they started doing in the first place. And I imagine, I imagine that that felt pretty uncomfortable. But I find that that's what the Holy Spirit does. That, that when we encounter Jesus, in our lives, when, when we find that power that the Holy Spirit has for us, when we encounter Jesus, we are willing to sacrifice comfort. Because we, we may not be called to be comfortable, we may be called to something greater. And that's part of the thing that Jesus talked about. When Jesus was on earth, he said that he was going to send the Holy Spirit. And he told the disciples, you know, I'm, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to send something. And, and, um, and, and the, I like this translation. I don't normally read the King James Version, uh, normally because I can't understand it. But, but the, the translation of King James uh, in John 14 um, says this, that, that Jesus, this, these are the words of Jesus, but the comforter, 
the comforter, which is the Holy Ghost or the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name. He will teach you all the things and, and bring to you things of your remembrance. Whatever I have said unto you, what does that mean? Jesus said, listen, I'm gonna send you the Holy Spirit and the Holy Spirit is gonna teach you what I have said. Like, and, and, and the Holy Spirit is gonna remind you so that like, you'll read this thing or you'll remember this thing um, and then when something happens, it'll, it'll like spark. The Holy Spirit will come and you'll be like, oh yeah, that thing. And Jesus said that like, the first thing that Jesus said that the Holy Spirit will bring is comfort. The first thing that Jesus said that the Holy Spirit will bring is comfort. Now, now, why would Jesus send the Holy Spirit to provide comfort if we weren't already uncomfortable? You see what I mean? Like, like so many decisions that we have made in our life have been to make our life comfortable. And then we ask for the Holy Spirit. Why? We've already made ourselves comfortable. Like, like why, do we, why do we want the Holy Spirit in our life? But, but, but if we actually follow Jesus... If we actually do the thing that Jesus said to do, then we might be actually stretched a little bit. We, we might actually move beyond our comfort zone. And then whenever we get out there and we say, you know what, this isn't exactly comfortable for me. I, 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 I'm not so sure about that. Then we pray for the Holy Spirit to provide us comfort. You know, so many times Christians have, have, have gotten this, this backward. So many times Christians have, have gotten this bad that we, we, we've convinced ourselves that, you know, like we, we just need to kind of like maximize comfort. And, and, and I love this illustration. Uh, Francis Chan uh, writes a book called The, the, um, the Forgotten God, which is a, a book all about the Holy Spirit. I would highly recommend it to you. And in the book, he, he gives this illustration uh, about a football team. He said, like, what if you went to a, a college football game you know, and, and, and you, you know, were like cheering and you were so excited to see your team and, and your team came out there and they gathered in the huddle. You know, and the quarterback is giving them the play, but the quarterback is not just giving them the play, you know, he is like talking them up. You know, this is our chance, you know, this is our game. We're going to win this game and everybody's getting so excited. Yeah, all right. And then, and then you know, they, they tell the play and then everybody goes break. And then the team went to the bench. And then the team, you know, kind of just like waited for the, the you know, the, the, offense to play and then or the, or the defense play and 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 you know they didn't know what to do and so so that that ended and then and then the, and then the team ran back out there the team the, the team ran back out there your team and and the quarterback got back there okay this is our time this is what we're gonna do this is we're gonna win this game this is here's the play and everybody said all right and break and they got so excited and they ran back to the bench Chan says this is what we do so many times in the church this is what we do so often in the church where we gather together on Sunday morning and, and we get so excited about the ministry that Jesus has called us to. We get so excited about, uh, you know, like about the words that Jesus said, about, about, about feeding the hungry, about healing the sick, about seeking and saving the lost. We get so excited about all these things on Sunday morning and then we say break and we go home and we remain comfortable. But what if, what if Jesus was calling us to something greater than comfort? What if Jesus was calling us to something greater than comfort? 
some of you may know, uh, I'm not originally from Texas or, or um, the Dallas area. Originally, my family and I are from Oklahoma. And um, a f- few years ago, uh, my wife uh, felt her call to ordain ministry. And she said, I think I'm called to go to seminary. And I said, yes, of course you are. And so we started to search. And, and now my wife is finishing, uh, finished her second year at Perkins School of Theology at SMU. And, and so we, you know, uh, almost two years ago, made the decision to come down to Texas. And I got to be honest, that was a hard decision, partly because I had spent um, nine years as a pastor in Oklahoma doing ministry. And, and for those of you who know, um, the United Methodist Church is a connection of churches. And, and in, in Oklahoma, it's kind of like one connection, one group of, of pastors. And, and every once in a while, we would get together. We would, we would have these kind of gatherings. And those were really excited for me because in Oklahoma, you know, I've been doing ministry with these pastors for, for a long time. And even before that, I knew them when I was in youth ministry. And, and so I, you know, was really excited. And one of my best friends is a pastor in Oklahoma. And, and so when these gatherings would come up, we would start texting each other and say, okay, you know, we're Gonna, we're going to get there an hour early. We're going to go meet for coffee and, and we'll hang out and have a good time. And then we're going to go to these gatherings. We're going to sit together and, you know, and we'll make jokes about the other people. You know, like you don't do that. You're, you're good people. But, you know, some other people might do that. Anyways, so like, and we would go and we would, and, 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 and we would walk around and we'd say hi to people. We'd call them by name. We'd give them hugs and, and we'd ask how, how their ministry is going and we would pray with them. And it was just this great thing to do together. And then Melissa and I moved to Texas and I knew a few pastors in this area, but not many. And, and, and there was a gathering that we had in, um, just, uh, just about a week ago. And, and we got together and, and I looked around at these pastors and I don't really know that many people. And, you know, I'm an, I'm an extrovert. And, and so I really enjoy meeting people. And so, I mean, this wasn't like just the, this terrible thing where I sat in the corner. I, uh, of course, I know the pastors from Lumber's Lane. It was great to be able to sit with them and, and participate with them. And, and uh, but I got to be honest, it, it felt uncomfortable. But because it felt uncomfortable, I knew that it, it might be the Holy Spirit. Right, like, like because it didn't feel exactly good, because it, you know, it's like, oh, this is, this is a little strange, like this is a little different. Because it felt that way, that was a clue that it might be the Holy Spirit calling me to do this thing. That I might be exactly where God wants me to be at this point in time. I wonder what that looks like for you. This thing happened with the disciples, right? The Holy Spirit comes to the disciples and it, and it, and it ignites the church, like, like literally, right? Like it starts the church. This, this boom happens. 3,000 people were added to that day and, and continually they were added to. And we read about, so we read about uh, the, the Pentecost moment in Acts chapter two, verse one through four. Later in that chapter, um, starting in verse 43, we read about like what happens in the continued church. We read this. All came upon everyone, because many wonders and signs were being done by the apostles. All who believed were together and had all things in common. They would sell their possessions and good and distribute the proceeds to all as any had need. And day by day, as they spent much time together in the temple, they broke bread at home and, 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 they, and ate their food with glad and generous hearts, praising God and having the goodwill of all the people. And day by day, the Lord added their, to their number those who were being saved." Look what happened. The, the, the Holy Spirit started the church 
And, and so the early apostles started to do the ministry of the church. And how did they do that? They sold everything they had. Right? Like, like, like they, they started the church and they were like, great, what do we do? And, and, and Peter was like, repent, be baptized. And they're like, okay, we did that. And they're like, what do we do next? And Peter was like, sell everything. Get rid of it. And we're going to put all of that money in a common pot. And then we're going to use that and distribute it to people as any had need. I got to believe that felt a little uncomfortable. I got to believe that didn't feel quite right to the people who were following. But they said, we believe the Holy Spirit is calling us to it. So we're going to do it. And they started to gather in these small groups in people's homes. And they ate food together. And they worshiped together and they prayed together. And they did all these things. And as they did that, the Lord added to their number. They were receiving blessings as they were doing this thing that felt a little uncomfortable. What does that mean for you? What does it look like? For you. My hope, my prayer is this. Even if you don't know what you believe this morning, even if you tuned in this morning and you were just kind of looking for something and maybe you've had a hard week and you were just kind of like searching for something better, here's something that we can all do together. Consider that what's comfortable may not be what's best. Consider that what's comfortable may not be what's best. That what's predictable may not be what's best. That what you've always done from day in and day out may not be what's best. That maybe there is something better for you. Maybe there is something better for you. That what's comfortable may not be what's best. I, I, I heard this quote, uh, and, um, and actually Tim Ferriss um, writes about this quote from, from a philosopher named um, Jerzy Gregoric, and he says this, easy choices, hard life. Hard choices, easy life. Look at what that means is this, that, that if you continually make the easy choice, if you continually do what's comfortable, then your life is going to be difficult. If we always choose the easy thing, then our life is going to be hard. But if we commit now to making the hard choices, if we commit now to maybe even doing something that's a little uncomfortable, then maybe we will receive blessing for it. Then maybe we will actually experience that life abundant that Jesus promised. And friends, if, if we do believe, if, if, if you are a follower of Jesus, I hope that you'll consider the, the power that the Holy Spirit has for you. And I, and I hope we will, we will listen for God very intentionally. And, and I hope that you'll pray about this, that you, we will listen for God only if you are willing to be made uncomfortable. You know, so many times we... We say prayers. So many times we, we reach out there and we, and we do things and, and we say, you know what, like I, I, I'm, I'm going to pray to God and, and God, I hope that you'll, you know, that you'll, you know, heal the sick. I, I hope that you'll feed the hungry. I hope you'll do these things. And then our actions don't show that at all. 
that our actions, in fact, don't feed hungry people, that our, our actions don't heal sick people, that our actions don't seek out and save lost people. Why would we ask God to do it if we weren't ourselves willing to do that thing? I had this moment of conviction this week where, um, you know, my family and I's big thing has, has been um, trying to neighbor really well, trying, trying to be a really good neighbor and bless those people whom God has placed around us. And, and, um, and we've done that. And, and it's been a really great blessing. Um, but then it's also a little difficult because we made really good connections with, uh, with the family to our south. And, and um, you know, we had dinner with them and we would talk with them, we would pray with them. And, and, um, and we just made really strong connections. And then, and then that family moved and we were really sad about that. And, and another family came in. And, uh, and to be honest, we were, we were a little bitter towards that family. It wasn't really their fault, right, that our other family had moved. It wasn't their fault, but, we, you know, we just felt a little uncomfortable. Like, we weren't, you know, quite sure, like, what to do with this new family. And, 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 and I have this thing that's part of my ritual, part of my, my prayer uh, life is um, to pray um, Matthew 9, uh, 35 through 38. It, it's, uh, it's something that Jesus talks about. He says, the harvest is plentiful, but the laborers are few. Therefore, ask the Lord of the harvest to send out laborers into his harvest. And this has been a prayer that I've been, I've been praying now for a couple of years. And it's a prayer about, you know, people who, who need a church community, people, people who need hope that, that, um, that, that we would, um, that God would, you know, point to us, people who are ready to reach out to people who need a church community. And, I, and I've been praying that prayer for now for two years. And I had this moment um, while I was praying this this last week, uh, Matthew 9, 35 to 38, and it's something that I've known, I've written down in my journal, but I, I know it by heart and, and I've been praying it. Um, you know, the harvest is plentiful, but the laborers are few. Lord of the harvest, send out laborers into your harvest. And I had this thing, I, I don't know if I've ever heard like the audible voice of God. I've never heard like the deep booming, like Charlton Heston voice, you know, but, but, um, but, but I've, I've heard this like still small thing within inside me. And, and, and as I was praying that, I, I heard this still small voice that was inside me and said, why are you praying for the harvest when you, when you haven't spoken to your neighbor? Friend, I hope and I pray that that we would consider the power that God has for us if we are willing to step outside of our comfort zone. I'll, my goal this week is to reach out to that neighbor, just to say hi, just to tell them that who they live next to, to tell them that they are welcome here in this neighborhood, that we are so glad that they are our neighbors. And, and what is your thing this week? What is that thing that, that God has raised in your mind? What is that thing that, that even as we've been talking about, like the next thing that might make you uncomfortable, you've been like, oh man, I, I hope it's not that. I, I have a feeling that it might be that. Let us pray. God, I pray that you would send down your Holy Spirit. God, that it would be like a rush of a mighty wind. God, that, that it would look like flames, God, that are spreading. Lord, I pray that you would send your spirit to your people. Wherever we are, God, if we are in this room, if we are at home, God, if we are wrestling children, if we are doing dishes, God, whatever it is, I pray that your spirit would come to us now. 
And God, that you would bring us comfort when we are uncomfortable. When we have stepped out and done the thing that you have called us to do, Lord, we pray that you would bring us comfort. And God, that you would empower us to discomfort. That you would empower us to introduce ourselves to our neighbor. That you would empower us to have an uncomfortable conversation with our boss. That you would empower us to have this important conversation with our spouse, with our partner. God, that you would empower us to step out in faith to the uncomfortable place that you have called us. And God, we pray, most of all, that we would look like Jesus. That people around us would just find healing. That people around us would just find a place to belong. God, we pray that it would happen. And we ask that it would happen not because of our own strength, but because of the strength of your Holy Spirit. And that it would happen because you have sent Jesus Christ who came and lived and taught us even how to pray by saying, Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen.